We can't say shit. No. Okay. That's an iTunes thing. Oh, okay. Really? Really? Uh, yes, uh, and are both explicit. Well, Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Valverde and Walker Kelly. Uh, boys, how are we doing today? Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I was going to say, go ahead, Walker. Um, <laughs> so different. There's so much deference. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess... I guess it's going all right. Tomorrow's going to be hell because, you know, part of owning a house, you got to actually do yard work. And uh, with the way all these leaves are falling on my yard, I don't know if you guys can see my backyard, but it's. Nah, there's there's a light coming in, so it's. it's uh, out, yeah. It is covered with uh, leaves. And I have to mow the grass and I have to rake up all these leaves and just, you know what? I, I remember back in the apartment days where I had to do nothing. People would just come and do it all for you. But no, you know, you buy a $485,000 house and then they make you like actually clean up your own mess. They make you do the work to it. It's it's a racket, Mike. That's how they get you. It, it's a total racket. And, and I felt caught. So, yeah, congratulations, you evil empire people who make me do yard work. <laughs> all right, Walker, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm not doing any yard work. So really, so really. I- really doing well and uh, Mike one walkers or walker one mike zero that's yeah, right yeah zero. I, I got him um but yeah i uh yeah doing doing good we're we're excited going uh going to be in buffalo new york this right. time tomorrow so I'm gonna see josh allen i'm going to see the large boy Oaf mode josh allen <laughs> shout out dirtbag queer my friend on the twitter um yeah it's gonna be good i have a lot of bill's twitter fans i'm seeing my uh friend and uh yeah yeah jeff's winking heavily <laughs> and uh we'll be dropping the the reveal on twitter probably tomorrow or sunday so yeah will be like oh my god wow wow walker yeah. Every time I think of Buffalo and how cold it is there, my nuts just, like, shrink up automatically. <laughs> yeah, well, I live in northern Michigan, and I have, yeah. like, my whole life, so I'm used to it. Yeah. I know what lake effect snow is. <laughs> All right, boys, uh, let's let's get into the podcast. So this is your first episode of the podcast. Welcome in. Uh, we are part of footballabsurdity.com. You can check us out on Twitter at fballabsurdity. Uh, you can check out our Discord, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. If you like this episode, we do have a Patreon episode, one episode a week on Tuesdays. That's three bucks a month. Patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. That is where we uh, review the week's games and take a look forward at Thursday Night Football. Uh, Walker and I also have an episode on Wednesdays. Usually comes out on Thursday mornings. We record it on Wednesday evening um, where we talk about Walker's ranks because Walker does do weekly ranks for the website. Um, and we also go over Thursday Night Football a little bit more. Um, you can follow Mike on Twitter at RFL Red Zone. I am Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Walker is Big Daddy Drix with an X, although you should change it to Big Daddy Ranks. I keep telling you. Uh, <laughs> I can't change my brand now. That's I, true. 
then I, I wouldn't think the be able world to use knows it. now that you're then Jeff Frisco. That's true. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I went viral. Yeah. Jeff went nuts though on the Twitter. He's got uh, Mina Kimes quote tweet, got the Amy Trask follow and reply, got the Matthew Barry follow, got on Chris Long's podcast. Yeah. The it dude was went, the dude's blown up folks. I went, I went mad viral. He's gained like 500 followers in the last day. Yeah. That the part that part is not great because now people think they're going to talk like people that I don't know are talking to me. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. That is why you turn off notifications for people you don't follow. Yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna start doing. Um, but what are what are uh, what are um, usual followers? But uh, reply guys, you haven't responded to yet. What? <laughs> I didn't understand that. <laughs> That's like what are what are strangers but or what are strangers but friends you haven't met yet? It's that but for Twitter. So you mean what are uh, people that I don't follow? Correct. You said mutual followers. Yeah, I said what is a mutual? Uh, okay. You know what? Forget it. Put the L Epi- on that one. Ep- episode over. <laughs> Speaking of taking the L, Patriots twenty-five, Falcons zero. How do you like that transition? Really good one, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Patriots are seven and four. Uh, Falcons are four and six. And you know, I just realized twenty-eight minus three is twenty-five. So, <laughs> is that how old you had to be to watch this miserable of a game? This game was terrible. I don't even know what's worth talking about. The the Falcons bottomed out. Kyle Pitts threw for four, twenty-nine targets. Wayne Gallman one carry one. for negative three yards. He was <laughs> yeah, he was the, the hot pickup. He got stuffed. He got stuffed on one carry because his offensive line didn't block, and then Kadri yeah. Olison got one carry. The offensive line blocked for the only time in the game. He got 12 yards, and then Arthur Smith was like, "Well, Kadri Olison's good, and Wayne Gallman's bad," and just like ran Olison into the line 10 more times. Well, what happened? How bad you had to be if you're Mike Davis and Quadre Olison tripled your carries to carry him out. So, oh, Mike Davis is not good at all. If you're, if you're if you're a Mike Davis manager, uh, you got to cut them loose. It's it's time. Um, if it hasn't been time five weeks ago, it's time now. I think we need to do an intervention on Mike Davis. Yeah, get tell, him out. Tell these managers that it's time to let go, buddy. It's let him yeah. go. Let him go. And I said, who is Keith Smith? Because he had he had as many carries as Mike Davis. Oh yeah, it was he's the fullback. The fullback outproduced Mike Davis. Come on, guys. Get him out. Get him out. Let's see. Let me see. Uh, Mike Davis rostered in. Come on, guys. Yep. 63, 63% yep. of out these. there. I'm telling you, a fantasy intervention needs to be done. Another yeah, fantasy intervention. Get... Matt Ryan, 53% of leagues. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Ryan, I, I will push back a little bit on the narrative that everybody's like, oh, Matt Ryan's done. He sucks. He's like, no, he doesn't. He's been fine this season. It's He's had two bad games in a row, and so everybody's – and one of them was nationally televised and was the only game on. So everybody's like, oh, my God, he's terrible now. He's washed up. He's fine. He He's not great, and he's not the same guy he used to be, but he's fine. Um, but, yeah, for fantasy, he's a streamer at best. Yeah. Well, I would argue three out of his last four games were bad. So it's starting. The wheels are starting to come off. Is I think what what's happening. And his one game that he was good was a uh, was against the Saints, which they're they always play the Saints well. So I mean, I don't know. And you can't really blame the guy. He has to go to Alamide, Zacchaeus, Russell Gage, yeah. Tajay Yeah, he's Sharp. got no weapons. That's the thing too. 
So yeah, it, it's Ky- it's Kyle Pitts who's being doubled and chipped the whole game, and then a bunch of guys who are like number four receivers. Yep, and they're they're totally bracketing Kyle Pitts like almost every play. It's so they're either chipping him like Walker's saying, or they're bracketing him. There's just no room for him to to maneuver. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and well, the good news is, is if you still have Matt Ryan on your team, nobody's coming for that job because his backups combined no, two, two for four with two interceptions. So. Yeah, Rosen throws a terrible, Rosen throws a terrible pick six, and then Franks comes in and throws one pass and it's intercepted. <laughs> I, I like literally, I literally. So this is this is kind of what happened. So Matt Ryan was awful, you know, as we talked about. So I'm like, okay, Josh Rosen needs a chance here. Um, you know, he should be named the starter next week. It's kind of tongue in cheek, should be named the starter next week. Um, but I doubt that that will happen. Rosen comes in and throws a pick like within like two minutes. You're like, and never mind. mind. (laughs) Oops. Um, I mean, but let's be clear here. So, no Cordell Patterson, no Calvin Ridley, who's taken an extended leave of absence, possibly retiring to handle his mental health struggles. I mean, Atlanta's offense is not set up to be any good at this point. Like you guys mentioned, it's Russell Gage getting eight targets. Kyle Pitts, the entire defense just focuses in on Kyle Pitts. So he's three for 29 in this game. And we're at a point now where, I mean, I tweeted it out before the game. Dan Arnold has more top 12 weeks than Kyle Pitts does this year. Yep. And and that'll continue this week because there's no chance in the world that three for 29 is going to be a top 12 tight end this week. No, so, no, 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 not not even close. It's, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna ask the question, guys. Yeah. The unthinkable. Is he no, droppable? No. No. Okay. Just just good. because. And just he gets because, too many targets. Yeah, too many targets, and the fact that what w- what's the difference between him and somebody else that you don't have that's a top five tight end? It's all the same five, six points kind of guys. Yeah, I mean, TJ Hawkinson's had games like this. Um, uh, And, I mean, like, even if Kyle Pitts continues to be in this range, it's not any different really than having, like, Tyler Conklin or Dallas Goddard, who people aren't advocating to be dropping, so. Okay. Yeah, that that was kind of what I was looking for, which is – yeah. I think the only difference is that Kyle – Tyler Conklin and – Goddard and those guys are scoring touchdowns where Pitts isn't. So I mean, yeah, he hasn't scored a touchdown in the United States yet, which is my way of saying he scored at the, on the London game. Um, but I mean, honestly, though, like he has to, like he has to be a major disappointment because people are taking him ahead of. Uh, I mean, his ADP was tied in four by by the time things were all said and done. He's going yep. ahead of Mark Andrews and T.J. Hawkinson. It was right. ridiculous Ooh. from the start. It was, yeah. He should have yeah. been tight end six. Yeah, tight end six. I have no problem. I had no problem with. <laughs> but yeah, um, here's my question for you though. We we did all that bashing of Kyle Pitts. Is he the only guy that played in this game that you would feel good about starting? To play in this whole game? Yeah. Uh, as far as the Falcon or is both just in, whole, in general? The whole game. Because here's I the mean, thing. I mean, it Ramon- depends on it depends on what the split is going forward for New England. Exactly. I think I mean, Ramondre just played himself into a near 50-50 share with Damian Harris. Yeah, exactly. I do too. Yeah, so, yeah, it's tough to, I mean, depending on the matchup, yeah, but, like, in a bang average matchup, like, I wouldn't have any of the Patriots running backs as top 24 guys. I wouldn't have any of their receivers as top 36 guys. And same thing for the Falcons. I mean, 
Patterson, when he's healthy, you're still playing. Yeah. So that's yeah, why I, I said that played in this game. Yeah. It's, I think yeah. Kendrick Bourne is is a is a a flex. He's so like, you, you I, could put, I think it you could put him in and be comfortable with, at the flex spot, but that's about as good as it gets. Jeez. What were you gonna say, Walker? Well, I was just I was just saying again with Bourne, I think it depends on the matchup. I mean, I'm yeah. it's. It's tough, yeah. I mean, like, not, none of the Patriots players are, like, horrible fantasy options, but none of them are, like, reliable either. So it's just kind of like, if you're there, basically your entire bench could just be Patriots guys. And it's just yeah. like, well, I guess I'm desperate, so I'll throw one of them in there and hope this this is the one that does good this week. Yeah, I mean, Born Aglar, Jacoby Myers is, like, the triple Spider-Man meme this year. Yeah, I mean, Myers is wide receiver 31, Bourne is wide receiver 28, Aguilar is wide receiver 45 in total points on the season right now, and they have extra games. But, like, yeah. like but on a points You don't feel good per, starting any of them. Not really. I mean, on a points-per-game basis, we're looking at, let's see, 10, 20, 30. Yeah, I mean... They're all like Bourne and Myers are like in the 46 to 50 range. And then Adelor is like 70. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not good. I mean, they're none of, none of them can be trusted on a week to week basis. It's just, if you have a good matchup, if, if you, if there's a matchup where the Patriots are going to have to throw to keep up, which isn't many of them because their defense is really good. Yeah. Then Myers is playable, but he just doesn't have any upside. And then in like games where they're playing a bad defense, you could throw Bourne in there and probably be fine. And then if you're looking at their top 24 performances, uh, Kendrick Bourne has three. Nelson Aguilar will have two because of last night. Probably. Yeah. Once when everything all shakes out, I mean, he ended up. Yeah. With 15 what? points will probably be top 24. And then yeah. Jacoby Myers has two. So three, two, right. two. It, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like Spider-Man pointing at each yep. other. Yeah, they they all do it in different ways, but they all arrive to basically the same value. Yeah, yeah. They're also somewhere between like eight and ten points, and if they score, then they'll leap up a little bit. So, um, all right. And I mean that that's honestly all that's worth talking about that's in it. this game. Yeah, um, Mike, what's your take on the Ramondre Stevenson, Davy, and Harris thing? As far as the split goes. Yeah, the potential split. I think I think it was a split the moment that Ramondre Stevenson had the game he had not only last week but the week before being looking very dynamic and you know just doing a lot of things that you want your running back to do and it showed explosiveness and and um you know curvilinear avoiding tackles and Damian Harris is okay in all in those kind of fronts i mean he's a veteran so you want to get him involved but ramondra stevenson after those last two weeks said you know okay enough of your bill belichick one running back situation um carrying the ball we're going to go split here can we talk about uh curvilinear that's a fantastic word right there yeah uh curvilinear is basically when a, a running back sort of makes that c shape to his body to avoid being hit and okay so it, it takes some um, athletic ability to do that because a lot of running backs, as you'll see, they'll either curl themselves up to protect themselves from taking a blow, which is good. But mm-hmm. also, if you can um, use your cur- curvilinear body 
you're you're maintaining motion through through the tackle where if you bottle yourself up you're you're kind of standing still so it allows your momentum to go forward and not take a hit from a defender all right did you know that walker no i did not either so we learned something today so the word of the day is curvilinear professor mike valverde (laughs) that's right the professor um yeah i mean um I don't think there's anything to add about this game. It was it was a blowout. Go Nick Folk. Go uh, Patriots DST. Yeah, that yeah. Those the kickers and defenses shouldn't be in fantasy. Sorry, Lindell. Ooh, I'm gonna tell her. Ooh. Oh, she yeah. knows. I started Nick. I started Nick Folk in uh, Scott Fishbowl yesterday though, so I think they should be in in uh, fantasy. So. Did he pay off for you? Oh, dude, it was uh, 16, yeah, he, 16 fantasy points. points. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So even with a missed extra point, which Folk has had such a weird season. He's been incredibly efficient at kicking field goals and he's missed four extra points. Yeah. So it's got fishbowl before we do anything more. Walker. Yeah. Um, top two fifty, baby. Yeah. Top 250. Right. Top two fifty, And my running backs on my roster are currently uh, Najee Harris, which is good. And then Jamal Williams, Mike Davis, uh, uh, Matt Breida, and I literally don't even remember who the other guy is. Yeah, mine are uh, worse than that. So yeah, yeah I have one feel- good one, and then I'm just like figuring it out. Don't feel too bad. My home league, I am starting Adrian Peterson and Dante Foreman. <laughs> just just well, figuring. Well, one of these guys is gonna be good. One of these guys will score a touchdown, hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. no Jeremy McNichols this weekend, so that that. Might, I'll that. probably go to McNichols the way my fantasy, my one He's proud gone. five and one team has oh, gone McNichol, to five. And five. McNichols is out. Yeah, he got uh, ruled out today with a concussion. Woohoo! Uh, Deontay Foreman, baby. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, I gotta remove him from my ranks then. Yeah, that was like uh, not too long ago before we started recording. So, all right, let's get into it. But just real well, quick, before I, we do, how are you, your t- how's your team doing, Jeff? In the uh, let's see, I was pulling it up, and I can never figure out how. Not as well as mine. Boom. I'm in third in my division. I'm six I, and four. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm also in third in my division. I'm also six and four, but I've scored the 248th most points. Out yeah. Of, whatever 1200 teams or whatever yeah well i bet you didn't do it by spent while spending 96 dollars on geno smith and completely hamstringing yourself because you needed a third quarterback uh no i didn't and then and then picking up cam newton for free and ending up with a third quarterback anyways yeah i uh, don't have i only have two quarterbacks this guy he's playing with fire anyways when kyler doesn't doesn't play i just don't play a second (laughs) i just only play one quarterback Jesus Christ. Um, I think Tyler's uh, going to be out this week, too. Yeah, let's get so. into talking about these games, guys. Let's, let's, yeah, no, that's don't true. be tuning in to listen to us talk to our, about our Scott Fishbowl teams. Uh, although, <laughs> real quick, although, real quick, shout out the Killers Division for dropping Tim Patrick, and I got him for free. So thanks, guys. Nice. Um, Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very shocked to see him on the on the wire. So I uh, appreciate that. All right. Let's get into the games, guys. Uh 10 a.m. games start with San Francisco at Jacksonville because that's my preferences on the ESPN app. Um, San Francisco four and five, Jacksonville two and seven. Uh, There's a 45 point over under Niners, six point favorites after putting the walloping on the Rams. Um, So 
injuries for this one. Elijah Mitchell, who broke his finger in that Rams game, is doubtful for this weekend. He had surgery on his finger. Um, and Xbox just sent me a message. I don't I don't need this. Go away. <laughs> it just like popped up on my screen. It was like, hey, you can play Halo Infinite on your computer. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Um, cool. Yeah, thanks, thanks Xbox. Um, oh, I finally got Valhalla. Oh, cool. Yeah, let me know how you like it. It's a good game. Um, back into football, though. Debo Samuel was limited in Thursday's practice. I have to rein you guys in today, I think. Uh, he has a shin issue. Jamichael Hasty sidelined practice on Thursday with an ankle issue. Um, and that's it for the Niners. Uh, Trey Sermon remains behind Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson. So he is Jeez. the RB3. You can drop him. Uh, for what are going to do with Trey Sermon? But Jamichael Hasty's out, so Trey Sermon's going to be the backup this week. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, talk about total bust. They gotta, they gotta figure this guy out sooner or later because is this not working? Uh, he's he's not even getting into games. I don't think he. You know. Right. Exactly. Well, so you, all right. Well, let's worry about players that are playing this weekend, guys. I gotta okay. rain you guys in today. <laughs> We're, our podcast is normally two and a half hours long. We cannot go for like a four hour podcast today. We cannot <laughs> yeah. do let's it. Go the distance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, James Robinson. Uh, has a heel and now a knee issue. He's questionable for Sunday. He is day to day. Um, that's it for the Jaguars um, that I see. And then my question in this one is, can Dan Arnold outscore George Kittle? Dan Arnold, who uh, has gotten a ton of targets and who is, uh, I think, due for a touchdown in this one. Do you guys think that Dan Arnold could possibly outscore George Kittle, who has touchdowns in two straight games after uh, basically not scoring a touchdown for a calendar year? Uh, I mean, yeah, he can. Um, I mean, the fact that, like, I think Kittle should have a good game in this one. He's a top-tier tight end, and that's a good matchup. So that more says, you know, what kind of role Dan Arnold has consistently, that you could conceive a situation where Kittle plays well and Arnold still keeps up with him fantasy points-wise. So um, really, I don't don't think there's much lesson here other than you should play both the tight ends in this game. Yeah. So um, I just would like to point out they both have uh, 15 targets over the last two weeks. So if you want an idea of what Dan Arnold's target load looks like, it's George Kittle. So um, and they're actually their last three games. They have 25 combined targets in their last three games each. So uh, he is getting the George Kittle workload. Mike, what do you think about Dan Arnold? I love Dan Arnold. I just don't know if the guy can get in the end zone. He's been he, – last week he got close, really close. I think he got tackled the two-yard line. Uh, I love him as a PPR machine. Uh, but George Kittle is George Kittle. So I would – the matchups uh, say say George Kittle as well. Jaguars are 22nd against – 22nd worst against tight ends, where the 49ers are in the top 10, I believe. I just saw the top eight. They're tied for eight. So they definitely locked down. Um, they definitely should lock down Dan Arnold. But, uh, yeah, I, I think George Kittle all the way. But it's it's not such a blowout where you're looking this at at, at the surface and go, Dan Arnold and George Kittle? Well, obviously George Kittle. I think it will be closer than, than what it looks like on paper. But I'm definitely going George Kittle on this. Okay, sounds good. So you guys ready for the win-loser draw in this game? Let's do it. Yes, sir. All right, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, I had Elijah Mitchell, but I had to change it to Brandon Ayuk and James Robinson. So we got two wide receivers and a running back, assuming uh, uh, James Robinson plays, obviously. 
All right. Well, I will say that I'll say that James Robinson is the draw because it seems like his role is pretty consistent, and I don't think San Fran's defense is great, but it's also not bad. So I would say he does about what he usually does, which is like a fringe RB1 type week. Um, I will give Marvin the loss. Just seems like he's been just not quite as involved lately. Their passing volume has gone down a little bit. They're kind of streamlining the offense to a lot more Arnold, a lot more short stuff, running more. Uh, and then I'll give Ayuk the win. I'll, I'll say that he gets in the end zone. All right. Yes. Uh, Mike, what do you think about this win, loser, draw? And then I have a couple couple things I wanted to talk about. I don't even know if Brandon Ayuk scored a touchdown this year, has he? He scored a touchdown in week nine, and week he scored nine. a touchdown in week three. Okay. So that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I'm going to go James Robinson with the win and Marvin Jones with the loss. As Wackler stated, Marvin Jones has just been non-targetable. Um, every, it seems like everything's going either to Jamal Agnew or Dan Arnold, and he's just sort of been uh, the forgotten man there. And Brandon Ayuk looks like he's getting more and more targets, uh, or at least more and more looks from Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, I'll go with the draw. Okay. So I picked, uh, when I pivoted off of Elijah Mitchell, I picked uh, Brandon Ayuk very specifically. And that's because uh, since Brandon Ayuk bottomed out with one target in the rain game against the Colts uh, three games ago, he and Marvin Jones actually have the same number of targets over the last three weeks. Um, but Brandon Ayuk has been more productive with them going four for 53 uh, per game in those three weeks to uh, Marvin Jones's three for 30. So as of right now, it's actually flipped. Uh, but I think people are a little slow on the uptake with Brandon Ayuk. So I think, uh, I think he scores. I think Jimmy Garoppolo throws a couple touchdowns, one to Kittle, one to Ayuk. And uh, what the hell, maybe De- uh, Debo Samuel runs one in. So, yeah, seems that. right. Yeah, so, all right, boys. Um, anything else you wanted to add about Niners and Jacksonville? Uh, I think the 49ers will win. Mike? Yep. Let's go 49ers here. Heck yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Getting back to 5-5, five and five, boys. Get my hopes up. Get my hopes up, baby. Let's do this. All right. Uh, next game up on the docket is Indy and Buffalo, the Walker Bowl, as folks are calling it. No one's calling it that. I am calling it that. I am calling it the Walker Bowl. Uh, so this one is a um, 50 point over under. Buffalo is a seven point favorite. Uh, Indy five and five. Buffalo six and three as the home team. Um, for the Colts, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship will remain on IR per Frank Reich. Yep. And um, that's the only injury I see for the Colts. Mike, you want to correct me? Is there anything that you know of? No, I think this is they were saying this is the first week that no Colts have been um, ruled out. OK, so um, so it's just it's just uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, which just Rodrigo. My, yep. my buddy says looks like me. And it's the most offensive thing that's ever been said to me. Um, Rodrigo Blankenship isn't ugly. What are you talking about? Hey, <laughs> I'm going to just end the podcast, guys. I don't need this. Hit the off button. <laughs> I don't need this at all. All right, for the Bills, a um, bunch of guys went on the COVID list, and then some came off. None of them matter, pretty much. Uh, it's like Mitchell Trubisky, Spencer Brown, and Jake Kumaro. Um, Brown so is I, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess Brown matters, but 
but more I'm, mostly for the running game, which they yeah. don't use, and Indy is really good at stopping. Yeah. So, um, and then Cole Beasley did not practice on Wednesday uh, because of a ribs issue, but he did return to practice on Thursday, um, and that is it. So, um, in this one, Mike, what did you want to talk about uh, from this game? So, Buff- just to give a little background to my question, Buffalo's defense is limited um, backs this season with only one rushing for over 100 yards. So, only one running back has gone over 100 against them. That was Derrick Henry. Um, however, Taylor has the most runs of 10-plus yards in the NFL, while the Bills are tied for the second-fewest, longest rushes allowed. So, this is definitely a stalemate situation. And with that said, can we trust RB 15 points from Jonathan Taylor this week. I think you have to. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's Taylor's too good to to fade. I think at this point, um, they've committed to him as the guy in their offense. Um, the Bills' pass defense is probably even better than their run defense, which is kind of crazy to say, but um, their pass defense has been incredible this season. Um, Trey White is going to be on Michael Pittman all game, which I like Pittman, but White is a better player, so that should be a, a pretty tough matchup. And then the rest of the Colts receivers, I just don't think will be able to create separation consistently. So I think they're going to have to lean on the run game here. They're going to want to keep Buffalo off the field. They're going to want to have long, prolonged drives. Um, and I think that JT is going to get a lot of carries in this game, and he's probably going to get a few dump-offs here or there too. Um, even if he doesn't score and isn't particularly efficient, I could easily see like a 22 carries for 80 yards and like four catches for 30 more yards. And then you're looking at 15 points even without a touchdown. So um, while I wouldn't expect it to be the most efficient game ever for Jonathan Taylor, I would expect it to be a, a, a pretty useful one for fantasy still. Yeah, if I had to pick one side of the Colts offense to lead the way for them, it would not be Carson Wentz. It would be Jonathan Taylor. So I think he just on pure volume alone, um, given his talent level and given that, uh, you know, if he breaks into the second level, you know, he will go a long way so that, you know, he'll add a few, you know, 10, 15 yard chunk plays onto you know, his normal carries. And I think that'll be enough. Yeah, for a top uh, 15 day just on pure volume alone. Yeah, uh, uh, hopefully. I don't I mean, feel, to be clear, I don't feel great about it. I wouldn't like put him in a DFS lineup. Right. He's he's really um, the most carries he's gotten is 21 against Jacksonville. So he the Colts really regulate his carries um, to anywhere between 15 and 18. So I don't know if that sways anything, but it's he's not really a heavy loaded producer just because they don't want to Derrick Henry the guy. Um, and just, you know, ride them until the wheels fall off. So it, it's it's definitely, I, I, I hear you guys' points, um, and I, I think it's going to be interesting. As far as uh, win, lose, and draw, I have JT, Stefan uh, Diggs, and Michael Pittman. Okay, real quick, I just want to say, and I'll roll this into the JPT point, because that, that piques my interest. They have ramped up Jonathan Taylor lately. Um they have, over his last four games, he has 21, 19, 21, and 27 touches. So they have ramped up JT lately. Earlier in the year, yeah, it was they were very much limiting what he did, but they've started to ramp it up. As I guess they've um, pushed Naheem Hines a little bit off to the side. They've started to give him more well, of a three-down roll. 
Another yeah, total ball. touches for sure. I was talking yeah. just attempt, rushing attempt, but yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. what were you saying? Well, what were you saying? I just think they're making a playoff push, and so they're streamlining the offense more through their best players. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, and I'll roll into that. JT Diggs and Pittman. I think Pittman's the easy loser here. Walker outlined it. This is a very good Bills defense that um, will not have to do a lot of work to stop the Colts passing game. Um, I think it'll almost be secondary to Jonathan Taylor, but I still think it'll be effective. Um, and because of that, I will give uh, Jonathan Taylor the the draw. You know, I think he'll I think he'll be fine. And um, by default, I guess Stefan Diggs is the winner after his big game last week. Uh, hopefully they can kind of focus in on him, um, especially because uh, they don't run the ball a lot. And the Colts strength is their up uh, up front on defense. So um, I think it'll be a lot of. Um, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs or Josh Allen to his receivers, hopefully Emmanuel Sanders, because they can get beat over the top. And I say hopefully Emmanuel Sanders for my own selfish reasons. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, we know, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Uh, I think, like I said, Pittman's the loser just because of the Trey White matchup. JT, I think, again, is the draw. I, I would expect a solid but not spectacular game. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll give Diggs the win just because I think that uh, – this is definitely going to be a game where the game plan for Buffalo is going to be throw early, throw often. They're just not going to really try to run the ball very much. They're going to throw it all over the place against a vulnerable indie secondary. And uh, I think that that uh, that'll prove effective for them. Um, I'm going with the bills in this one. Yeah. I'm also taking the bills. Uh, yeah. Bills. Oh, Mike. Went- me. Mike went with his brain, not his heart in this one. Yeah, yeah. As a Buffalo Bills walker. As a Buffalo Bills expert. <laughs> comma, 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 comma. Yes. Uh as like we said, Walker going to the the Walker Bowl. So all right. Let's uh let's move on to Chicago and Baltimore. Uh this one is in Chicago. Baltimore is six and three. Uh the Bears are three and six, forty-five point over under. Baltimore four and a half point road favorites. Um Chicago kind of threw in the towel on the de- defensive end today. Uh they put Danny Trevathan and Khalil Mack on IR, uh both ending both of their seasons. Allen Robinson is doubtful with a hamstring issue. Um, Darnell Mooney was limited in practice this week. Um, Damian Williams was limited in practice this week and a uh, whole mess for Chicago for Baltimore on the injury front. Uh, Devin Duvernay dealing with a knee issue is questionable for week 11 against Chicago. Lamar Jackson needs to stop licking like handrails and stuff. Cause this dude is always sick with non COVID stuff. Uh, he missed practice this week with an illness, uh, but does not have an injury designation. Uh, Lamar Murray is uh, questionable with an ankle issue, but I saw some reports that he was really just like hobbling around. And so even if he plays, you probably don't want to start him. Uh, Rashad Bateman also dealing with illness, uh, but no injury designation. Marquise Brown questionable with a thigh issue. And that is it for the Ravens. So um, in this one, uh, oh, this is also a Mike game. Mike, what do you want to talk about in this one? I'm already going to say no. Next question. Um, well, at this point, it was much, it looked much better before Khalil Mack went out and everybody else went down and Allen Robinson. So my original question, which I will change, but my original question <laughs> was, will Justin Fields outscore Lamar Jackson? Um, I don't think so now. Um, obviously, because <laughs> that's just like ludicrous. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hot knife through butter situation against Chicago's defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so I will change it to the will the gr- Ravens group of running backs outrush. Uh, um, what's his name? Montgomery. Um, Montgomery. Thank you, David Montgomery. I mean, no. I doubt it. Yeah, they're not. Very, here's the thing about the group. They released Le'Veon Bell this week. They're also not very good at football, any of them anymore. Devonta Freeman is not great. Latavius Murray, not very good. Tyson Williams can run in a straight line, and that is pretty much it. And the league figured that out. So I don't think that it's going to be a very productive game for them just because um, I think they're going to abuse the hell out of this uh Chicago defense uh, through the air. I think it'll be like uh, Rashad Bateman's coming out game. And um, I think, uh, you know, Marquise Brown's going to go over the top. So I, I think it's going to be a situation where uh, the Ravens are just cruising on, uh, through the pass game and um, we won't, they won't need the run game to do much. So because of that, they won't really score touchdowns. So yeah, I would go I, Dave Montgomery. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> With the thing that's the things Jeff said about the talent level is correct, but I I just think that Baltimore is going to win this game by a lot. I think um, so that that would be the only um, that would be the only chance for Baltimore's running backs. But I still think um, Montgomery should have a decent enough game while it's still competitive. He's a pretty talented player. He's got he's gotten better every year. He's been in the league um, certainly much better than any of the Baltimore running backs. Um, but yeah, I. I uh, I just don't see Baltimore doing a whole lot of running until the end of the game because I don't think they're going to need to. They're going to just be able to do what they want. And, you know, they're they're not going to be able to run the ball at the middle with Devontae Freeman because, duh, but Lamar will be able to run. And I think Brown, Bateman, and Andrews will all have solid enough games because I think they'll all be open a lot. Yeah, and I'm wondering also with uh, David Montgomery if he has a chance for a uh, very DeAndre Swift uh, fourth quarter. Because yeah. if, if Allen Robinson is is banged up, he's not going to be playing in the fourth quarter when they're in comeback. Robinson mode. isn't playing at all. I thought he was just doubtful. Well, yeah, he's doubtful. That means he's not going to play. Yeah, he's probably not going to play. Yeah. So it's what Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery leading the yeah, comeback. I mean, number two receivers, Mar- their number two receiver is going to be Marquise Goodwin. So, yeah, yes. it's going to be Mooney's going to get 10 targets. Komet's probably going to get like eight. And Montgomery's probably going to get half a dozen. Yeah, so I think he has a chance for a very DeAndre Swift fourth quarter, which will help even the 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 output between the uh, Ravens running backs and and David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. All win, right, win lose draw. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery. Ooh, um, I will say that. I'll say that without Robinson, Mooney struggles against number one co- number one corner type coverage. So I'll say that he gets the loss. Um, David Montgomery, I think, is a draw. I think he has a reasonably productive but not amazing game. And then I'll give Rashad Bateman the win. Like I said, I think against a, a defense that's not going to be able to put pressure on Lamar, um, especially with Duvernay banged up, Brown banged up. Bateman's going to play even more snaps this week. He's looked really good. I think he gets in the end zone this week, and I think this is his, uh, his I guess, quote-unquote breakout week. Yeah. Um, I'll have to give, yeah, Mooney's the easy loss here because no Allen Robinson. It's a good pass defense that the Ravens have. They're 20th on the year in fantasy points allowed to uh, wide receivers. So I'll give Mooney the loss here because they, they're a good coverage team. I will give Dave Montgomery the draw just because I think – 
like I said, it will be a very DeAndre Swift way that he does this. So I can't guarantee a touchdown. And then Rashad Bateman's just going to go all over this team. So um, I agree with Walker. Mike, what are your thoughts on your own question? Yeah, I got to go Bateman as the win. I, I think he might even score a touchdown this week. And then Montgomery as the draw and Mooney as the loss. All right, cool. I think we've all made our opinions clear here as to what we think will happen. I just want to confirm Ravens across the board. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, cool. Sounds good. So we've got no uh, dissent so far this week. It's been uh, Baltimore across the board, Buffalo across the board, and the Niners across the board. I think this game is where things might get a little spicy. No, I'm just kidding. Detroit, <laughs> oh, eight and one. Cleveland, five and five. 43 and a half point over under. Cleveland, 11 and a half point home favorites. Injuries in this one. Um, Jared Goff, probably not playing. Doubtful with an oblique issue. Uh, Jamal Williams, questionable with a thigh issue. So maybe He's he gonna might. Play. Okay, so he is going to play. Um, it sounds like. Um, the Lions, I saw a report here, they're planning to start Tim Boyle this week. Yep. So probably not Jared Goff. Um, Tim Boyle, holy hell. <laughs> yeah, and then, you didn't think it could get worse. It's getting right. worse. It's oh, getting man. Worse. Imagine the guy who backs up Jared Goff. Yeah, oh, right. Lord. Um, all right. So for the Browns, uh, Anthony Schwartz has been ruled out with a concussion. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, was cleared for limited practice on Friday, um, but he was injured earlier in the week. He's questionable with a core issue, so it looks like it's a true questionable. Um, Baker's good to go this weekend. Demetric Felton is back from the COVID list, as is Nick Chubb. Um, and Jarvis Landry, who's been dealing with a knee issue, returned to Brown's practice on Thursday. And Roto World says Baker Mayfield, quote, everything, or parentheses, everything returned to Brown's practice on Thursday, which is a very funny line because he got shoulder, knee, and foot injuries. So um, in this one, Walker, what do you want to talk about in this game? Uh, I'm wondering if we're playing any wide receivers in this game at all. I am out of desperation starting Amon Ross St. Brown. But other than that, absolutely not. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I don't think I am either. Uh, Mike, what do you think? No, I don't. Yeah, there's there's nobody there that I'm interested in um, starting at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but that's yeah, just... it's it's tough. Landry's looked bad. He's banged up. Um, the Lions' defense is better against receivers than people think. Um, and I'm not playing any Lions receivers with Tim Boyle, a quarterback. Absolutely not. He's even worse than Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, basically what we're saying is that the uh, the passing isn't going to be good in this one. It, the running backs are, are going to be the ones who who get the production. And also, I would definitely bet the under in this game. Oh, yeah. And um, I was going to say maybe DPJ in a DFS situation, but not with the core muscle injury. Right, with the injury, it's tough, yeah. to, it's tough to do that. I mean, I, yeah, if you're going to do a DFS punt, I'd probably go with Richard Higgins. Yeah, but, given the injury to DPJ, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to win, lose, or draw. Um, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, clear loser. And 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 I hope you heard me say that, Jarvis. Come fight. Please don't fight me, actually. Um, you would kick my ass. Uh, I'll go DeAndre Swift draw uh, because, you know, we were just saying Swifty in for David Montgomery. I see a lot of that happening in the fourth quarter for this. And then Nick Chubb's going to win. I, th- uh, I think he's going to do extremely well this week unless he has some sort of post-COVID system- symptoms. But I think he was just a close contact. So He was, yeah. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, he, he got cleared. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you? I'm sorry. Inter- you, did you finish, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just okay. want to say Lions number three against running back. So an extremely good matchup for um, Nick Chubb. Ooh, that is a good matchup. Uh, I'm gonna go Swift as the winner. Oh. Just because I think a lot, a lot of this is, is going to be Tim Boyle dumping it off to yeah. Swift and. Swift does. I mean, Swift is pretty pretty good against any kind of matchup. So I, I like this game against Swift uh, for Swift. And then Chubb is a draw, and then loser is Landry. Yeah, I'll also go with Landry for the loss for the reasons I outlined. Uh, I'll go with Chubb for the win. I don't care for the Lions front seven against a really good running back and really good offensive line. Uh, I think Chubb could run for like 175 yards. And uh, – yeah, Swift should be just fine. Uh, he'll catch a bunch of dump offs from Boyle. He'll he'll run for fifty or sixty yards probably. So yeah, he'll he'll be his probably low end RB one normal self. All right, sounds good. Um, I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm also taking the Browns. I'm going Lions in this one. Woo! Wow, Mike they came with- close last week. Um, They're starting and- Tim Boyle, Mike. I, ooh, who are the Browns starting? <laughs> Baker Mayfield injured. Baker they're, Mayfield. I mean, they're starting Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah that, that's Nick Chubb, Wildcat quarterback. That's, that's right. probably going to do it. But no, I'm 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 going to roll the dice here, and I'm going to go Detroit Lions in that major upset. Okay, uh, I realize that I have been. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Walker. I was just going to say that one other thing I would mention in this game is that I think that Dearness Johnson has good flex value as well. That's what I was going to say. I realize I've been negligent in my duties to ask about other players. So I was going to say, are we going to start Dearness Johnson this week? Yeah, I'm good for it. I, th- I think you can definitely put Dearness Johnson in. Mike? I like it, – it's okay, so two things. Um, one, if Demetric Felton is playing, then I yes. think he cut into uh, that that passing role for Dearness Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cream Hunt, if you just look at Cream Hunt's role, it's it's already sort of limited anyway. So when you have a lesser player as in Durners Johnson and not getting the carries and only splitting the receiving roles, then I, I think I, I wouldn't I'm not against it, but I would look for other options. If Dur if Durness Johnson is the best of the options, then I don't have any I, I wouldn't have any problems um putting him in the flex spot all right Oop, sounds good uh got to put my headphone back in fell out can't hear you guys there we go um and then i realized i forgot to ask about uh, let's roll back to niners jacksonville um if elijah mitchell isn't playing are we going to start jeff wilson jr yes i would heck yeah i mean why not right because you have the 49ers they look like they're designated one running back at, at this situation Couple, you know, we'll see if Trey Sermon gets involved in it or not. But if Trey Sermon doesn't get involved, then I don't know what the heck's going on with that situation. All right, sounds good. Um, so I will go ahead. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, another game that should probably be another blowout: Houston and Tennessee. Um, in this one, uh, Houston is one and eight. Tennessee is eight and two. It's a forty-four and a half point over under. Tennessee ten. Point favorites in this one. Injuries. Uh, Jeff Swain will not be playing. He's got a concussion. Same with Jeremy McNichols. Uh, they should not have been playing uh, Bonk together 
where they were just bonking their heads against each other. Um, bad joke, Jeff. What are you talking bonk, about? Bonk the um, bonk. Yeah. Um, Derek Henry, Diana uh, Rossini reports there's, quote, optimism that Derek Henry will return in early January. I think this matters because that's after fantasy football is over. So definitely something to uh, take note of that they're hoping he's coming back in early January when fantasy football is going to be over. So it might not be something you can depend on, but I wouldn't drop him just in case. We saw this with uh, George Kittle last year where he played like one game in the fantasy playoffs and it was a, a like 90 yards, six catches, 90 yards, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, or look at the- Russell Wilson or, you know, injuries are, are a fluky thing. And depending on the, on, on your situation or your body or, or whatever, we have players that bounce back three weeks before they should. And we have, players that seem like they this injury should only take two or three weeks and they're out for the rest of the season. So definitely hold on to someone like Derrick Henry. Yeah. But let, let's be clear here. Russell Wilson is still injured. He should not have played last week. <laughs> no, like, no. Like his, his, he, he threw like a guy who still had an injured f- uh, finger. So right. um, yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to the Texans. Jeff Driscoll, uh, Jeff peach emoji Driscoll is now a tight end. Um, Big good. Foot. Because because he was bad at quarterback. Um, that's it off of injuries for the Texans. A lot of non-news coming out of Houston. They claimed Royce Freeman off of waivers. So who cares? Are you who serious? Cares? Royce Freeman went to Houston is in. Um, oh no, that was last week, right? Uh, it's, oh, that no, was last week. There I'm are no news. Yeah, there's no news. So I guess yeah, there's no news for them. Um, all right. Uh, which Titans running back do we start? No, uh, this, I asked this question before Jeremy McNichols was ruled out with a concussion. So um, I will say, uh, can we start a Titans running back? And who is it if we can? Yeah, I think so. I think especially now without McNichols, I think Foreman will get a little bit more passing down work because Peterson certainly won't. He's never been any good at that. And he's 36 years old. So, um, yeah, exactly. yeah, Deontay Foreman, I think, is a like a back-end RB2 slash flex type guy now. Um, I, I think against a bad Houston defense, you can definitely play him this week. Still wouldn't play AP, though. All right, Mike? Can you imagine um, uh, Tannehill waiting on Adrian Pat- Peterson to run a will route? <laughs> no. <laughs> Standing Ryan's- back there getting gray while Adrian yeah. Peterson lo- like lazes his way out there. Yeah. So this this is what I pictured in my mind, which is uh, Adrian Peterson running a wheel route to the left side, pressure coming from the right, Ryan Tannehill scrambling away and somehow catching up to Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adrian Peterson's throwing a block for Ryan Tannehill on the, on the scramble. Yeah. <laughs> and, and doing that, like, replacements uh, scene in the in the movie where uh, uh, the speedster is chasing the guy, uh, stealing the, the cannon soup, and they're just, like, running together, and he's just like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, or you see it in baseball where you get the speedster behind the like catcher, and uh, he catches up to him and almost passes him. So yes. no, that was that was just what I pictured in my mind. We were talking about the wheel route was uh, <laughs> Ryan Daniel scrambling fast than uh, uh, faster than Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson um, all right, guys, I think I'm actually covering the rest of the fantasy relevant players in this game with this question. Um, that was my goal with this one. So win, lose, or draw. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Ryan Tannehill, and A.J. Brown. Because, again, uh, we didn't mention it because it's not a new piece of news, but no Julio Jones. He is on IR. Uh, you should probably drop Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, and I'm not trusting the uh, Marcus Johnson breakout from last week. That 
this this has happened this season with many Titans receivers where they've had one decent game and then gone back to obscurity. Um, you know, it could just as easily be Chester Rogers or Nick Westbrook Aquina this week, or maybe even Cameron Batson. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I I agree. Um, don't start Tyrod Taylor. Don't start any of the Texans running backs. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, with this question, I am going to go with. Uh, I guess I will go with Tannehill for the loss, just because I think some people are going to expect with a Houston matchup that he has like a a really good game, and I think he's just going to do fine. He'll be like a fringe QB1. Hmm. Um, I'll go with Cooks for the draw. Um, it's a great matchup. People are going to figure he's going to be a wide receiver too. I think he'll be a wide receiver too. Um, and then I think A.J. Brown has a big week. Um, I think they throw to him a lot and he gets in the end zone once, maybe twice. Yeah. So what I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up right now on FanDuel, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to have a high ownership percentage because he is the sixth cheapest. He's about 7,800 bucks. Oh, actually I take, the, he's 300 bucks more than Cam Newton. So I have a feeling a lot of people are going to get cute and start either Tannehill or Newton. And I would not do that. Um, I agree. I think he's going to be a back-end quarterback one. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on this win-loser-draw for the really the most fantasy-relevant guys in this game? Yeah, it's 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 also interesting to me that like uh, Chester Rogers and Tyler Johnson, or Marcus Johnson, I should say, um, are at one point, I think, like 2018, 2019, were actually the four and five receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. So <laughs> this just shows you how, how far Titans fall in the wide receiver situation. Um, how far have I fallen in the situation? Well, at one time I, I started uh, Kyler Murray, Aaron Jones, and Alvin Kamara. I am now starting uh, Tanny. Uh, Peterson and Deontay Foreman. So, oh, so you got an upgraded quarterback, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. My two uh, Scott Fishbowl quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill. There it is. Um, but as far as the win lose draw, I have to go the win to Tanny, um, the draw to Cooks, and the loss to AJB. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question: How does Tanny win and AJB lose? Because I think the they're going to run quite a bit, one thing. And two, it's Cooks is um, – I have to pick between Cooks and A.B. as far <laughs> as um, who's going to be the draw. And I'd rather go with someone who's been more of a floor at the draw position than actually someone who's has the more of the boomer bust. That's true. A.J. Brown has been extremely boomer bust. But, um, uh, yeah, um, Brandon Cooks has four straight games of at least five catches. Um, he's just been incredibly consistent this year over his last four games. He has uh, averaged 10 targets per game, six, six and a half catches, 62 yards. So incredibly consistent. Um, oh, man, I just saw week 12. Ugh. There's a game we're just going to skip in week 12. We're going to say start Brandon Cooks and move on. It's it's uh, Texans Jets. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Barf. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, Houston across the border. I'm sorry. Tennessee across the board, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. won't even be close. Yeah, I'll, I take, I'll take Tennessee. Yeah, my brain flashed back to a few years ago when it was Deshaun Watson versus Marcus Mariota. It's like, yeah, across oh. the board, Houston. Yeah. Um, 
All right, uh, let's move on to the next game. Green Bay and Minnesota. Green Bay, eight and two. Um, traveling to Minnesota, who is four and five. It's a 47 and a half point over under. Green Bay, one and a half point road favorites. Injuries in this one. Um, the Vikings designated Patrick Peterson to return from IR. If you guys forgot that Patrick Peterson was on the Vikings, so did I. Um, Harrison Smith, uh, uh, safety, was activated from the reserve COVID <laughs> Mike is dying because his drink went down the wrong pipe um, and he did not mute his microphone in time. Oh, he did not. <laughs> I know. We still got some coughs. Mike is dying in the corner of my screen while I read this. Uh, <laughs> um, for the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a toe issue. He will play in week 11. Alan Lazard is doubtful for week 11 with a shoulder. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling was limited in practice Thursday with a hip issue, but he uh, is expected to play because uh, it was limited instead of a DNP. Uh, that's it uh, for injuries in this one, really. Uh, David Bakhtiari remained sidelined for Thursday's practice. Um, he's been activated off putt, but he has not uh, been able to get into a game yet. And Mike, are you alive? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike's still alive. All right. Walker, what do you want to talk about with this game? Uh, I am saying... Can Green Bay's offense thrive without a good running back? How dare you? Oh, that, that's my RB2 and Scott put Fish. I down though. on that one. Sir. Sir, that is your number 10 running back this week. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's good. Uh, I think it's, he's a top 10 running back from what I see. <sighs> this, is, this is fantasy football rankings, not talent rankings. <laughs> I love when Walker just, just the Walker sigh. I got to clip that and uh, we need a soundboard specifically so I can use the Walker sigh. <laughs> we need a soundboard for all of my dumb. <laughs> Sorry. God bless well, it. Walker. One twelve fifty six. Thank you. All this right. is a once a week occasion. <laughs> That's right. I already had my pencil in my hand to take the notes. So I, I don't think, I don't think they can. I mean, I disagree with Walker's statement that uh, AJ Dillon's a bad running back. I, I think he's actually pretty good. But uh, the, this offense, if if we just go by that header without a good running back, no, because Aaron Aaron Rodgers is is dropping off as we we notice, and he doesn't run the ball, and he's pretty much a statutory quarterback back there. So you're not getting any mobility either through the run game or through Aaron Rodgers, which won't extend the defense, the linebackers, and and DBs from widening out in the zone to cover cover that that field so without that everything's condensed in the middle and that's where everybody is anyways so to answer walker's question no i do not believe the offense can thrive without a good running back well can they thrive without aaron jones then i no no we saw that happen and it's just miserable so this this packers offense i believe is struggling as it is but you remove Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers out of the equation, it just becomes really bad. Um, I tend to agree. It's a very very delicate balance that they have between um, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones to be the type of offense that they are. Um, and I think a lot of that does have to do with a Aaron Jones's like uh, multifaceted skill set that AJ Dillon just doesn't have. AJ Dillon's more of a, a you know a bowling ball um, than than you know than anything else like if you had to you know people were saying oh he's derrick henry which you know i disagree with but it's that play style where he's just kind of barreling through you um rather than a guy who's going to uh be catching a lot of footballs 
and uh, doing dynamic route running and all that stuff. So, I mean, it, it's not to the point where you can bench anybody in the in the Packers offense, really. Like, you're not going to bench Devontae Adams. I mean, A.J. Dillon's a top 10 running back this week for Walker, who hates A.J. Dillon. And um, I don't I mean, I guess you could get away from Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers. You can definitely get uh, away from Aaron Jones. Yeah, uh, I, I would not start Aaron Jones this week. Um, yeah, I wouldn't start Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers this week, actually. Okay, so Rodgers is out for Mike. Yeah, um, well, I might as well just go with the rest of it. Um, draw, Thielen, um, win, Dylan. All right. Uh, we, we weren't on win, lose, or draw yet. Okay. Yeah, but we're 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 doing it now. Okay, we're doing it now. All right. Well, you don't have to. I just did mine. You guys can do whatever. Yeah, that's fine. No, I'll. I'll I mean, win, lose, or draw is uh, as Mike said, it's Rogers, Dylan, and Thielen. Um, I think I might be breaking with consensus a little bit here. Uh, I. And I know this is this is more of like a feeling thing than anything, but I I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good week this week. I. I think he's division matchups. He always seems to get up for. Um, so I, I'm going to say Rogers is the winner this week. Dylan is the draw and Thielen is the loss. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about Minnesota in this one. I think it's a very straightforward Minnesota offense. You're starting cook. Uh, Justin Jefferson's always a good start. Uh, Kirk cousins is a marginal play better suited for a two quarterback league. Um, though he is right now PFF's number one quarterback. So there is that to consider. <laughs> this is out of control. Um, so, uh, I think Thielen is, is become touchdown dependent. Um, we, we called him a, a glorified tight, tight end in your wide receiver slot a few weeks ago. Um, so I'll call him the lose just because he's the easiest one to pull out of the, uh, the offense. Rogers is just going to do a draw, you know, he, he'll be fine. And then AJ Dillon's going to be the big winner, uh, here this week, getting probably 20 touches, um, you know, 20 touches, 600 yards, three touchdowns, that sort of game. Uh, God there's it, Jeff. Th- there's the Walker side. All right. Um, how would you start Kirk Cousins? I'm trying to think. Would you start Kirk Cousins or out of quarterbacks we've already talked about? Justin Fields. Cousins. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that defense against Fields this week. So uh, I would definitely, even though it's Ravens, right? Um, Ravens aren't too bad. They're 23rd overall. So, but they're, Justin Fields isn't throwing to anybody. That's the real issue outside of Komet and Mooney. And that probably won't eat, even out with that 23rd rank Ravens defense where they, Kirk Cousins is. So I'll go with Kirk Cousins. Okay. Sounds good. And then uh, Cousins or Carson Wentz? Cousins. Yeah, Cousins. No, I can't trust. Wentz is. It's too much of a 250, one or two touchdown kind of quarterback. He's not going to bust the bank, and he's definitely not going to bust the bank against the Bills defense. Okay, sounds good. So, um, yeah, I, I think will that's, be picking the Packers in this yes, game. Yes, as will I. Um, that'd be a tough one. I think, yeah, I'll go with Packers. All right. So, so far, literally zero uh dissent among us it's been oh no mike's well, well walker chose cleveland or mike chose mike, detroit yeah 
which is a a bold stance to go out on as the only dissent so far is picking the 08 and 1 team. <laughs> that is bold. It's mighty bold. Is bold the right word? All right, let's move on to the next game. Miami 3 and 7 at the Jets 2 and 7. 44 and a half point over under. Miami 3 point favorites. Tua Tungavailoa practice in full on Thursday dealing with a finger issue. Um if you guys remember back to last Thursday night football, it was really weird because uh uh, he wasn't good enough to start, but he was good enough to come in when Jacoby Brissett got banged up. Um, that's pretty much it for the Jets. I mean, sorry, for the Dolphins on the injury front. Uh, for the Jets, uh, weird stuff is going on with Zach Wilson. Uh, his knee is, quote, structurally okay, according to um, according to Robert Sala. Um, and then uh, Denzel Mims is in doubt for Week 11 with uh, COVID-19. And... Um, it means it's Joe Flacco this week because Mike White is bad. Um, so very weird uh, situation going on there in the Jets quarterback room. Um, my question is, the Jets are really bad against against running backs. Miles Gaskin has not been very good. Uh, but is it Miles Gaskin week, boys? Kind of. Kind of? Against his best efforts? Yeah, I think Miles Gaskin is a good flex play this week. Um, that's that's about as far as I'm willing to go. I think I've got him RB27. So, um, yeah, I, I, he'll outperform what he's done on average this season, certainly. It's it's the Jets. But um, I still wouldn't be expecting a great performance. I mean, Miami's probably the worst run-blocking team in the entire league. Their, their, their run-blocking is just horrendous. So, um I would expect Gaskin to be pretty productive in the past game when they give him opportunities and the running will be better than it has been, but it won't be good. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I would say Gaskin's definitely a good flex play this week. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on miles Gaskin? And I'm going to ask you, can we deep league uh, dart throw Salvin Ahmed? Because the jets have been that bad against running backs. You know, the interesting thing about the Jets is when they're Nothing. facing a lot of um, a lot of high profile backs, they give up a lot of yards, 168, 127, 246, to the Colts. But they have also held five teams under 100 yards uh, and they've also given up a lot of touchdowns. So. If I'm looking at someone who's going to score touchdowns, it's not going to be Miles Gaskin. Uh, I, I could see him adding points to the dump-off situation for the Jets, but I don't expect a huge yardage game out of Miles Gaskin this week. Uh, like Walker said, their offensive line isn't – Miami's offensive line isn't the greatest in the Jets. You know, five teams holding five teams under 100 yards is pretty dang good. Uh, so is it Miles Gaskins week? If you consider top 24 performance a, a good week, then absolutely. All right. Um, so, okay. And then, um, I mean, you don't really want to start a lot of jets. There's only really two jets you want to be starting. Um, they're both in this win, loser draw. Um, Michael Carter, Corey Davis, and Mike Gesicki, tight end for the uh, Dolphins who goose egged us last week. What about Eliza Moore? I said what I said. Okay. Elijah Moore had a garbage time touchdown last. Elijah Moore has been thriving in garbage time. Is what's been happening. That's true. Mm-hmm. He had he had a pretty good game against the Colts. That game was garbage time in the third quarter. 
Okay. Sure. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's been thriving in garbage time. So, I okay. mean, Mike, do you want to make your case for starting Elijah Moore? I'd make my case of starting Elijah Moore in a flex spot, uh, but it's. I mean, it did, him and Corey Davis to me are kind of one A one B situation. So, if you're willing to throw Corey Davis in there, I think you should probably be willing to throw Elijah Moore as well. Okay. Um. So win, lose, or draw. And then uh, Michael Carter, Corey Davis, Mike Gesicki. The Dolphins are 30th against the pass or against wide receivers. So I, I, you know, we'll see what happens. But anyways, so the question is win, lose, draw. I will go with the win. We'll go to Michael Carter, the draw to Gesicki, and the loss to Corey Davis. All right. Uh, Walker. Um. I will say I'll say a win for Corey Davis, draw for Michael Carter, loss for Mike Gesicki. Loss for Mike Gesicki. Okay. Um, and then Jalen Waddle's a must start, right? Yeah. Every sure. week. Every, every week. Every week. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Uh, nothing else in this one. Um, ah, this is this might be the first one that's that's actually in doubt, but I'm gonna go uh, Miami. I will Just also so pick, bad. I will also pick Miami. Mike. Mike. Mike is involved with something. Oh, he is. Sorry, He's... my cats are like getting on each other's nerves. Um, I'm gonna uh, go Miami. All right, so a clean sweep on Miami. How did the Jets win two games? The Titans had nobody playing, and uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati played really bad. Yeah, ah, wild, wild. They beat the Titans. Um, so any as as, a, as I've said, a, a saying that I came up with, any given day of the week where football <laughs> is played, uh, a team. That's can a win great a saying. I, kind I of think we're going to adapt that. It, it's what I like about it is how concise it is. With how easy message. to say it really rolls off the tongue. Yep. <laughs> any give any given day where football is well, it's any given Sunday, but they don't only play on Sunday. All right, Saints, Thursday and Wednesdays and Saturdays. Last year was wild. I remember we watched. Tuesday, I watched a football game Tuesday on a Tuesday game. afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, it was a like Tuesday, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, it was Tuesday at two o'clock. My my wife was like, "What are you doing? Are you recording?" I was like, "We can't. We have to wait for this game to be over." I remember <laughs> we did our Tuesday podcast on Wednesday. Yep, we had to yeah. move it. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. All right, let's move on to Saints five and four at Philly four and six, 43 and a half point over under Philly one and a half point favorites. Uh, strap in boys. There's lots of injuries in this one. Ty Montgomery is ruled out. Uh, Alvin Kamara is ruled out. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. is expected to be activated before this one. Uh, Taysom Hill is questionable with a foot issue. Um, he's been limited in practice this week. Uh, left tackle Teron Armstead, right tackle Ryan Ramchek. We'll also miss this game. I believe I already said Alvin Kamara. He's the most important guy. So probably for the Eagles, um, Nick Sirianni is not sure if Miles Sanders will be back. Dallas Goddard is out of concussion protocol. No injury designation and got paid today. Um, and I believe that is it for this game on the injury front. Really banged up Saints team. Um, so, Walker, what do you want to talk about on, in this one? Uh, I'm asking if uh, we've reached the point where we're playing Jalen Hurts every week, no matter what the matchup is. 
Um, let me double check what he's done every game. Okay, so he's he's quarterback four in points per game. He has one game under 16 fantasy points in 25 point scoring leagues with uh, 25 points per year, per 25 yards per point and four point passing touchdowns. So I would say, yeah, he's been top 12 six times this season and top five twice. But that was two top five performances was back in week one and week four. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm starting I would start him every week regardless of matchup. I think he's more streamable than actual starter. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I think it kind of falls in between. I mean, I, I would start him probably most of the time. I think, uh, you know, in like a matchup against the Bills or something, like I can well, understand benching him. But, um, yeah, I, I would say, like, even the Saints, it's not a very good matchup this week, but I would pro- still, Hertz is still a, a top 10 guy for me on the week. Okay, let me ask you this then. Let me let me flip this around. Are we going to bench him against the Saints? I'm not. Mike, I think I think he finishes in the top twelve, so you wouldn't bench him. Okay, uh, I either, see like a ten to twelve uh, quarterback performance out of him. All right, would you bench him against either team that plays in uh, the Meadowlands, the Jets and the Giants? Uh, the Giants or the Jets? No. All right, would you bench him against Washington football team? No way. No. All right. Those are his opponents for the rest of the year. Okay. So you're not benching him. Yeah. He plays the Giants twice, Washington football team twice, and the Jets after this week. And he has a bye in week 14. And so I guess you would – well, that's week 18. Week that That's not real. Oh, yeah. That's not a fantasy relevant week. Yeah. That's not real. Yeah. Um. So I guess I would bench him in week 14. So – um, that's, He is not playing, right? He is not playing football. He's I would not, not start him in week 14. Yeah. So right. – um, so I guess he is by the vagaries of the schedule. He is a must. He is a starting quarterback for you for the rest of the year. You're not taking him out of your lineup. I, I think it yeah, comes would... down to: Do you have a better quarterback than a QB ten? If you have a quarterback that you, that is more valuable than a QB ten uh, um, with Jalen Hurts on in your roster, then you'd go with the guy that's more than a QB ten. I think so. Jalen Hurts was pretty. I'm trying to see. Who you would yeah, start points per game? Like I understand what Mike's saying. He hasn't had a whole lot of blow up weeks. He's, right. He's, he's very much consistent. tended. He's, yeah, towards the ten to twelve mark. Okay, but I mean, right. so it's 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 the guys you can conceivably have with him then are Justin Herbert or Matthew Stafford. Um. So then you would get up and get into a matchups play, um, because you're not going to have Hertz and Prescott or Hertz and Murray or Hertz and Mahomes or Hertz and Jackson or Hertz and Allen. Or Hertz and Brady, so um, you know, or Hertz and Rogers. So um, I mean, it's it's very much a situation I think where if you have Hertz on your roster, chances are um, you're going to be playing a matchup game with him and Herbert, or him and Stafford, or there's going to be nobody else on your roster. You know, him yeah, and Tannehill I mean, maybe. Bro, you're going to be playing in. Pretty much every week over Tannehill. Yeah, so. or you don't, or it's no question you're going to start the other guys ahead of him. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Jeff, who are our other guys to pay attention to in this game? Uh, Saints and Philly. Um, is Mark Ingram worth starting this week? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, not only does he offer um, passing catch back, which he's not really known for, but he does. He is capable of, of running those routes, as we saw last week. And 
um, and running the ball. It's his, it's his backfield. So uh, he, absolutely, even though the I believe the Eagles are um, tough against the run and weak against the pass, or it's the other way around. I can't remember, but um, they are. What are the Eagles? Um, they're they're a bird. They're a bird. They're okay. Yeah. So they're twenty six against the run. Absolutely, start marking it. All right, and then uh, what about Deontay Harris? Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't. All right, Mike. Not against that defense. The Eagles are pretty tough against the pass. And then what, Deontay Harris is what you're going to expect. What at least flex play at most. So I would look other ways. Okay. Um, Devonta Smith is has he moved into must start? Like. Yeah, I think so. Pretty close, at least. I mean, unless it's an awful matchup. Yeah, I'm starting Devontae Smith. I, he, the the last two weeks, he's been in the, the top 12. Mm-hmm. Um, five weeks uh, in the top 24. So he's definitely on a roll. Uh, I think he's number two of rookies uh, as far as points points go. Um, it's, him, it's Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith in total points scored. So... Yeah, I like I like Devonte Smith. Um, I think he'll either he's going to finish in in the top twenty four somewhere. Okay, sounds good. Um, Adam Troutman, sneaky sneaky flyer this week. Uh, has he is he a sneaky flyer? He's gotten a bunch of targets the last few games. He scored twenty targets the last three games. He's scored almost nine points in week nine, eight points in week ten. He has not reached double digits at all this season. I think it's it's a coin flip. Um, just a you know one of those guys where it's a glob guy that maybe can score eight points, but that's probably about it. Okay, uh, let me ask that again. Uh, the Eagles allow the most fancy points per game to tight ends. <laughs> I I, oh, I like yeah. I, uh, go ahead, Walker. Thank Troutman. Um, you could definitely stream him um, if you're desperate, but I don't. Uh, I don't think you're going to be excited to play him. He's because he's not very good. Okay, that's what that's more what I was looking for, guys. Because the 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 matchup here looks juicy, but I mean, who knows? Who knows what the outcome's going to be? So, uh, if you just look over the season, I mean, the most he's trending upwards six six point three six point six. Then he had a 2.4 week in week eight, 8.7, 8.2. But it it's not like he's been explosive. It's not like he's added anywhere in there 10 or more points. So there is just I don't care who they play. It's probably going to be anywhere between six and eight points for a Troutman. OK, sounds good. All right. So uh, we've kind of talked over this a little bit. But Walker, who is your win, loser, draw for this game? I've got Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, and Adam Troutman. Troutman, big winner, like we've all said. Smash Palette, no. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think Hurts is the winner. Goddard is the loser because I think it's going to be a Devonta Smith week. And Troutman is the draw. He will get four for 55. Yeah, so anywhere I don't think between, you even get to that. Yeah, I would say more for four for forty-eight. But um, did you just quibble over seven yards? Yeah, because I don't think I, <laughs> seven <laughs> yards over the course of four catches, Mike. 
Yes, yes, because he can't get anywhere more than eight points. And, and 50 yards will give him nine, so I'm against it. Mike's like, I think he'll get one and three quarters fewer yards per catch. Absolutely. <laughs> we got to right. nail this thing. Nail it. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I agree. Troutman is the draw. Loser goes to Goder, and the win goes to Jalen. I think it's impossible for Goddard to be the loser this weekend because he got straight paid. Oh, did he get money? Oh, dude is rich. Yeah, he's got uh, four years, fifty-seven million. Yep, Ooh. I think almost forty of it is guaranteed, like thirty-nine eight. Dang, I they to love it. Dallas Goddard. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You I agree with you guys. Coming from South Dakota. <laughs> oh yeah, you betcha. Um, I'm gonna go Philly because Trevor Simeon is starting. Uh, I'll go with New Orleans. Why not? Does Trevor Simeon shoot blanks? Folks. Yes, he does. Pick one. Okay. So Pick then I'll, I'll definitely go with, um, which we'll call it, uh, the other team. Um, Philadelphia. Philly? Yeah. Philly? Philly, Philly. Philly, Philly. Uh, all right. So next game up, Washington football team, uh, three and six travels to Carolina, who is five and five, uh, 43 point over under Carolina, three and a half point favorites. Uh, in this one, uh, Washington football team injuries. Ricky Seals-Jones will not play this week. And uh, John Bates is, I guess, the tight end there. Uh, Sammy's Reyes, uh, he played basketball. One guy that, 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 that is the Samus Reyes, baby. Samus Reyes. Uh, both Terry are rookie Lawrence, tight ends, by the way. Yes, both are rookie tight ends. Sammy's was yes. uh, undrafted. Um, John Bates is more of a blocking tight end so far in his career in the NFL. Uh, Terry McLaurin upgraded to full on Thursday with a shoulder issue. Uh, Curtis Samuel still not practicing. I mean, that man is. They just throw him on IR, guys. Come on. Three weeks. I don't even know why they haven't already. Oh, Wait. he can't come back twice. So I think he was on IR earlier in the year. You can only come back. Oh, he was. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they okay. haven't put him on IR yet. Okay. That makes is that sense. what they're waiting for Logan Thomas to do? I, I, I This guy is practicing on the sidelines every week, but they're like, no, we're not going to play you. Well, he's I've I've heard that he has not responded well to the practices. Logan Thomas in terms not not the man, his hamstring has not responded well to practices. So I think they're they're easing him along. Um Antonio Gibson uh with the shin issues, the persistent shin issues was limited in practice on Wednesday, but he did not show up again on the uh injury uh tracker here after that. For the Panthers, um things are going to be a mess this weekend. I think the big the big question here is with the big man. The big man is back, Cam Newton. Uh, Matt Rule said that Cam Newton will, quote, take the first snap in against Washington, and P.J. Walker will probably play. So that's fun. Um, there is no relevant player listed on the injury report here for the Panthers other than that. So, Mike, you wanted to talk about Cam Newton in this one. I do. I'm, I'm curious on how he's going to perform, uh, for one, and see – if he does have anything left in the tank. And secondly, my question is, is Cam Newton streamable throughout the rest of the season? Um, I think we, I don't think we have enough information to answer that question for Cam Newton because of the stupid PJ Walker probably will play thing. I think they're going to work him in. Um, you know, last week he said, uh, when they asked him how much of the playbook he knew, he said about two touchdowns worth. So that's, 
they're, they're still working him in. It's, you know, he's come back to Carolina, but it's a completely different system. So, like, he knows the buildings and, you know, the codes and a lot of the, the players and the staff. But the offense itself is something new that he hasn't, you know, it, it's it's not Ron Rivera um, anymore there. So I think he's probably going to get eased in. Um, Carolina is fi- they're in the thick of it for the um, for a playoff spot for the seventh seed. So they're probably going to not just throw him into the deep end and say, you know, swim. So if he struggles out of the gate, it could be a situation where um, he's not worth playing because he keeps getting taken off the field for uh, P.J. Walker. Um, but what I want to happen is for him to hit the ground running and become an awesome streamer that joined the league halfway through the th- halfway through the year. Um, that's what I want to happen. So I'll say that's what will happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's likely that he is streamable at times. Um, so throughout the rest of the season, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's going to be matchups where I would re- much rather not play him. Um, you know, like when he plays the Saints, probably not going to, not going to happen, but like against the Falcons, yeah, against the Bucks, probably. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think he's definitely streamable in the future, but I wouldn't I wouldn't play him this week. Um, I just don't think it's going to be a full workload. I don't think we're gonna. I, I just I, I don't think we know enough. Where do you have him in your ranks right now for this week? Situation. Walker, you froze there for a second. Uh, Mike asked, where do you have him in your ranks for this week? Oh, uh, 18. 18, okay, yeah. Wow. Walker's down on it. And then I just wanted to toss into the streaming conversation. Um, he plays Miami next week, so you could probably stream him then. Uh, he plays nobody in week 13. Can't stream him then. Then the Falcons. Uh, so, yes. Bills, no. Walker said Bucks, yes. Uh, then Saints, no. And then if you play in week 18, God help you, uh, Bucks again. So, so about half the time, I guess. Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah, about half the time you can start him. So uh, that is the very definition of a streamer is a guy you can start about half the time. Um, all right, so I Mike, guess the answer is yes then, right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if he's not good at like football anymore, he's still good at things that get us fantasy points. Like we keep talking about it. Like Mike's still not convinced that Lamar Jackson's a good football player. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a he's great a very fantasy, good fantasy football player he's a great fantasy football option so i mean that those are not necessarily things that overlap so um you know with jalen hurts he's not great um you know but he's a great fantasy football option so even if he's not good at football um capital g capital a capital f um he's still uh good for fantasy so i think he'll be streamable like last week we saw exactly why he's streamable yeah, he, he, threw, he rushed and, and passed for a touchdown uh, in like seven touches, if you include his pass attempts. So, um, yeah. All right. Win, lose, or draw, Mike. Win, lose, or draw, we have DJ Moore, Cam Newton, and Robbie Anderson. Uh, I'm going to go big loser DJ Moore. Um, it's hard for Robbie Anderson to be a loser, uh, considering how far he's fallen. Um, I'll go Cam Newton winner because if think about – how like he ripped off his helmet and yelled i'm back for when he scored a touchdown mm-hmm. on the road think about what's going to happen this week in carolina if he scores a rushing touchdown he might tear off all his clothes he might go through he might go through the moon and i think i forget <laughs> who i was talking to about uh 
was it Mike or Walker where I mentioned his he did a mini Superman uh, when he was walking back to the bench, like a cursory Superman? Because I think somebody did it to him. Like after he scored his first touchdown, he just did one of these. He was just like just a little just like burp, burp, just a little a little, sneak uh, little sneak peek. So he might go full ham, I think, this week if uh, he scores a touchdown. I think that's all he needs to do to be a winner. Um, left for dead coming left for dead by the Jag or by the Panthers, by the way, they cut him free and said, no, thank you. And then, uh, now he's back. So I think he's the winner. DJ Moore is the loser. Robbie Anderson continues to get uh, one catch for 12 yards. Uh, yeah, I will say, uh, DJ Moore loser. Cam Newton draw Robbie Anderson win because he's going to do better no we lost you for a sec there walker yeah my internet is not good right now um and newton draw okay sounds good all right um who are we picking in this one boys yikes uh carolina yeah, I think Carolina, CMC should have, like, a terrific game, and they'll just probably run, run, run. So I'll go with Carolina. All right, I forgot to ask. Are we starting Christian McCaffrey this week? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Carolina. Um, I Washington football team's in the dock, but I'm going to change it to Carolina because I'm going to uh, – I literally forgot about Christian McCaffrey. Um, Antonio Gibson. Um he played a ton of snaps last week. He got a ton of touches, um, but he's still kind of banged up. It's a good Carolina defense um, this week against the uh, the running back. So are we going to start him? Are we going to start who? I got distracted by the message. Uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, let's see. Antonio Gibson um, is – who, who are they facing? Oh, they're Panthers. Facing Panthers. Yeah. Um, and Panthers are tied for second against the run. I, I would, I would not. Uh, I think, I think a lot of that came from the fact that he had a bye week previous to that, got the got some rest from those shin splints, and now he's going to be facing a very, very good Carolina Panthers defense. I think they they don't give him the ball as much. He might be able to sneak in a touchdown, but it's yeah, I don't I don't like this game at all. I think if I had to lean one way, I'll probably be JD McKissick because Carolina should dominate this game and then they'll need to throw to sort of catch up and that'll be JD McKissick's role. Okay. Sounds good. So Walker's internet cut out. Hopefully he can come back. If not, Mike and I are gonna try to close this one out for you guys. Um so uh let me just real quick, let me open the uh, doc that Walker and I, I'm in Walker's Pick'em League so I can get his choices. But uh, let's move on to Cincinnati and Vegas. Cincinnati is five and four. Um, in this one, Las Vegas is also five and four. This is a 50 point over under Cincinnati one point favorites on the road in Vegas. Um, injuries in this one for Cincinnati. Uh, we've got... Um, no injuries listed at all. Shocking. I see no injuries in their in their news. Their last news update was November 8th. So good for Cincinnati. Um, for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs was limited on Thursday with a knee issue. Um, Jalen Richard did not practice this week with a ribs issue. He took a pop during the game 
last week on a return and um, went to the hospital for x-rays. Um, so he's dealing with a, a ribs issue. Um, so Walker's question for this one is, has Hunter Renfro become the Raiders' number one option? And um, I kind of think he has because um, with no Hunter Renfro, teams have just keyed in on Darren Waller. And Derek Carr is the type of quarterback where if you're taking away um, the, what he wants to do, he is not going to force the issue. Like, he will take what the defense gives him. So over the last three weeks, uh, Renfro has uh, eight, seven for eight, seven for nine, and seven for nine, averaging, you know, about 50 yards per game. And uh, in that same time span, Waller has five, 11, and seven targets. So, um, you know, he has those boom weeks in there, but he also has the five targets when Denver takes him away. So I think Hunter Renfro kind of has evolved into being the number one uh, wide receiver for um, the Raiders. I, I think it all depends on if if we're obviously thinking Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and if that's the case, I don't think it's evolved yet into a number one role for Renfro, even though that's sort of trending that way. But if you look at the last two weeks, both of them in week nine scored in the top um, portion of, of, of the top 12 week. Um, Darren Waller scored in the top five. And Hunter Renfro scored in the top 12. And then last week it was um, Darren Waller did not finish in the top 12 and Hunter Renfro did. But if we look at the cumulative, it's five weeks. Um, Hunter Renfro has outscored Darren Waller to his three. So I don't I don't think that's emerged, but I can definitely understand the question. It would have to be a couple more weeks for me to say Yes, Hunter Renfro is the number one wide receiver over Darren Waller. Okay, sounds good. Um, so um, I don't know what Walker was thinking with this. Uh, I, I won't know what Walker is thinking with this. So we'll just go ahead and move on to... Uh, sounds like the mixture of Raiders and Bengals in there. Yeah, so let's um, let's move on to win, lose, or draw. Uh, Darren I mean, Waller... We, we, could, we could sort of fit that in. Waller, Jacobs... And um, I don't know. No, I mean his. I mean we can go with his win, lose, or draw. Waller, Mixon, and T. Higgins. I have no problem with that. But I don't know what he was, what his thought process was behind his re, re, Renfro as the number one option question. That's what I was saying. Oh. So um, win, lose, or draw. I'm gonna go with uh, lose Darren Waller. They'll continue to key in on Darren Waller. Um, you know, um, it's one of those situations where sort of like. Uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, where a t- defense can just key in on a guy because another player is missing. Um, they also haven't done a great job of um, uh, taking the top off the defense. Like Deshaun Jackson does stupid things. He's not quite there yet. Brian Edwards isn't quite the deep threat yet that they hoped that he would be. So I'll go Waller as the loser. I'll go Mixon um, as the draw. He'll continue to be a, a back-end RB1, and I guess that would make T. Higgins the winner. Um, let me see here. The Raiders allow the um oh man they're really good at stopping wide receivers uh they are their pass defense is is totally underrated um against quarterbacks and wide receivers okay then i will go ahead and i will flip it i will say uh darren waller on volume alone um will be the winner and i will make t higgins the loser but i just think joe mixon will just continue to be a back end uh running back one I think they're slipping too in ranks just because you just can't trust the Raiders anymore this year. They're just that it's just so much turmoil going on there. 
Um, so, yeah, let's 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 pause on that real quick. They have packed it in, right? That that's what it seems like watching when I watch them on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. That's a team that's packed it in. Um, that's a team that's had their head coach uh, resign in disgrace, had their star wider or one of their star wide receivers um, kill somebody. Uh, and then had their first round cornerback uh, get cut from the team for threatening to murder somebody on Instagram. So there you can't While fault holding them. like a total machine gun and so multiple all guns, multiple yeah. guns. Yeah. So you, any one of those things could hurt a team. But for all of them to happen, like within four weeks, like I cannot blame them for having packed it in this year. Yeah, they. It's really hard to overcome as a team to yeah. these. I mean, one, John Gruden was probably difficult and then they sort of got they won i think one or two weeks in there after gruden and it looked like okay and then Henry rug situation and then darnett situation so yeah it's very <laughs> when you in a in a league the nfl when it takes a hundred percent of your con your concentration to just even do well um or even put up a fight and when your concentration is obviously probably at 85 percent or lower it's not going to work so Absolutely. Um, they're they're done. And with that said, win, lose, draw. Um, I'm going to go win, mix in, draw Higgins and Waller with the loss. OK. And um, it sounds like you're picking Cincy to win this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to pick Raiders in any games, any remaining games this year. Yeah, it's a clean it's a clean sweep. Walker is picking the Bengals, as am I. So, all right. Let's move on to uh, what should be a fun matchup uh, if the Chiefs um, are actually good again. Uh, it is Kansas City hosting Dallas. Kansas City six and four. Dallas seven and two. Fifty six point over under. KC two and a half point home favorites. Um, injuries in this one. We don't know if Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be available. This is a one twenty five game. So if you have a ten a.m. option and we don't hear anything else, consider. Clyde Edwards-Alaire inactive and go somewhere else. Um, for the Chiefs, uh, wide receiver Marcus Kemp, who I've literally never heard of, is on the COVID list. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, I was reminded that uh, um, Josh Gordon is a Chief. Um, oh, yeah. Forgot about that guy, too. Yeah. Uh, for the Cowboys, uh, Mari Cooper, this is the big one. Uh, he will not be playing this week because really? of the addition to the COVID-19 list. He also will not play in week 12 because he is to be sidelined for at least 10 days because he is unvaccinated. So that's two games missed for Amari Cooper uh, because of COVID. Um, and then uh, Greg Zerline is expected back this week. He also missed uh, last week with the COVID IR. Uh, Jerry Jones expects Tyron Smith to have a real shot at playing this week. Um, and last week, CeeDee Lamb injured his leg. He had a, or had a Charlie horse. Um and uh, it doesn't seem to have bothered him at all this week. So he's a, he's a full go, it seems like. So, um, Mike, what do you want to talk about in this one? So my question is, can we expect Mahomes to continue his dominance? And by that, I mean, in the first six weeks of the season, he was a top 12 performer. And then, no, top five, sorry, top five performer. And then disappeared. Couldn't couldn't put it in the top 12. Didn't even register in the top 12 through week seven, eight, and nine. And then week 10, we saw him come back with five touchdowns. So is this what we saw with him in the first six weeks? 
Or is this going to be where it's big Patrick Mahomes game because he's so ultra talented and the next three weeks we see him not even finish in the top 12? Well, I think, um, I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a good matchup. He has, uh, I'm sorry, it's a bad matchup he has this week with a good Dallas defense. I think that this is going to be a standard issue Patrick Mahomes game. And by that, I mean, 303 kicks in maybe 20 rushing yards. Um, they got back to basics last week against the Raiders. I think the Raiders were a cure for what ailed them. Uh, they were able to just play it cool, play it normal, do normal things and win the football game. And I think that just sort of like uh, when a, when a um, basketball player starts to see the ball go in the net, I think that's kind of how it's going to work with Mahomes and the Chiefs. They saw things work for them. And uh, seeing things work for them will beget more things working for them. And I think that this is going to be one of those, uh, you know, I'm not saying they will win the Super Bowl, but, you know, this is one of those things that when they get to the Super Bowl, if they get to the Super Bowl, uh, every talking head will talk about those few weeks where Patrick Mahomes wasn't good um, because of bad luck and and the Chiefs offense getting too, too cute with it, if we're being honest. But, yeah, I think last week they calmed down. They got everything going, and I think that, you know, having seen that work, they will continue to do that. So where where do you see him falling? Do you see him being in the top five again or top eight? Uh, this week or for rest of season? This week or just sort of on average um, for the rest of the season? This week I would say top eight. Top eight for this yeah, week. this week I would say top eight because it's a difficult matchup, but I think he will uh, for the for the balance of the season, the remainder of the season, he'll be a top five option. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because the Chiefs, like I said, they got back to basics last week, and and um, I'm a firm believer in momentum, even though it can't be quantified. And I think that by smashing the Raiders across the face with the football repeatedly, I think they kind of got their swagger back a little bit, and um, it'll help them in this matchup. But at the same time, it's a much better defense by Dallas. So, you know, he can't smash them across the face with the football, but he'll right. still perform well, I believe. OK, that, yeah. That, yeah, that works for me, too. I agree All right. That. And then, and then uh, win, lose or draw. Um, do we hit CDL, Pollard or the KC starting running back, whether it's CH or Damian Williams? I guess. This looks familiar, Mike. It does look familiar. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is was your win to draw. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't call him CDL. I do. Um, CD Lamb's the clear winner. He has been on fire lately. Like, he has been, like, he has been incredible lately. Um, and uh, I think that'll continue, especially without um, uh, Amari Cooper. So he had a bad game. Two weeks ago, but over his last five games, C.D. Lamb is averaging five catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. So he has been cruising, except for the one game against Denver. He did poorly. So I think C.D. Lamb's the winner. I think that Tony Pollard is the loser because I think they're going to have to lean on Zeke because it's going to be a closer game. And um, I'll call the Chiefs starting running back a draw because that's what their starting running back is. He is there. He exists. Like, that's pretty much the best thing you can say about a starting running back for the Chiefs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree with you pretty much on that. I I, I think CDL will – now I'm starting to call him that. Um, yeah. 
is the the winner in this i especially without cooper it's it's going to be a, a very hopefully another two touchdown performance you know why because i need it for my home league um and then pollard typical and then the loss will go to the chiefs yeah so i just wanted to point out i brought it up last week uh tony pollard's declining touches they did increase against the falcons but that had more to do with the falcons than anything else it was uh 43 to 3 at one point in that game so right uh, and that just made me realize that i have watched two entire falcons games in the last five days live yeah sunday sunday and then thursday i watched two whole falcons games and now i want to throw up all right um I'm picking the Cowboys. I, I agree that, with you. Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. Um, and Walker chose the Chiefs um, in this one. Um, I have his pick em sheet here. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to Arizona and Seattle. Um, this is uh, Arizona is eight and two. Seattle is three and six, 48 point over under Arizona, two and a half point favorites injuries in this one. Chris Carson will undergo season ending neck surgery. Uh, bad news there. Um, he's been not able to, you know, practice on consecutive days and stuff, trying to come back from this injury. So they've decided to pull the plug on him and hope he can come back full strength next year. Uh, Alex Collins dealing with a groin injury will be his backup. He will play this week. Uh, Same with Gerald Everett, also with a groin. Um, DK Metcalf uh, was out on Wednesday with a foot issue and returned to full on Thursday. For the Cardinals, uh, everything is up in the air. Kyler Murray, game time decision. Oh, they officially declared DeAndre Hopkins out since we've been recording. So no DeAndre Hopkins this week. Eno Benjamin is limited with a groin issue this week. Um, It's looking like Kyler Murray being a game time decision um i don't think it's just because they have a bye week next week so mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a situation where you have to submit a lineup or you you have to guess on whether Kyler murray plays or not i would tend to the fact that he doesn't play just on the basis of that bye week yeah and chances are you're not going to have a good pivot option after that you're probably not going to have kyler like you're not going to be able to pick up justin herbert you're not going to be able to pick up tom brady you don't want to pick up uh, whoever's starting for Pittsburgh this week, I guess your pivot, uh, if you're waiting is Daniel Jones or, uh, maybe Derek Carr. So if Derek Carr is available, you could do that and wait and see that's a decent pivot, but, um, not a lot of great options there outside the 10 AM window. Oh yeah, that's not good. Yeah, not great. So, um, my question for this one is, is this going to be a sneaky bad game? Like Russell, I don't like the Cardinals are banged up. No DeAndre Hopkins, probably not Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson's hand is probably still injured. Chris Carson's out for the year. This seems like a sneaky bad game, you know. I, yeah. I don't know. I I I don't want to watch this game. I think it has some intrigue just because it's a, a very important game for both teams. The sort of you know as division goes, um, and then what's interesting is that this would probably be like as close if all the stars were playing. Now you have none of the stars, you know, pretty much playing outside of Russell Wilson. But as you mentioned, Russell Wilson's still banged up. So he's, he's, you know, above mediocre just because he's injured. Um, And then all you're left with is DK Metcalf and maybe Tyler Lockett. But James Conner split the workload with Eno Benjamin. He's not going to be flashing anything. 
it's it's very much oh, let's root for Rondell Moore. Um, so um, I yeah I'm not watching this game. I don't care about this game. I don't have anybody going in this game that I'm you know shooting for. So hopefully this this game that's very important is you know um, exciting in one week in one way. But I don't believe it will be. What if I told you I do believe that James Conner flashes this week and Eno Benjamin flashes this week um, because the Seahawks are dreadful against they the are run. horrible against stopping the run. It, it, it's some it's not really so much that James Conner you, you wouldn't start James Conner in the fantasy purposes. It's just the fact that you're not going to see a lot of James Conner. He's not going to be someone that you're going to continuously see on the field because Eno Benjamin's going to be out there. They haven't really um, moved away from their offensive philosophy with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. It's it's pretty much the same thing. You just have a lesser player in Eno Benjamin. So if you want to see Eno Benjamin play, this is the game for you because, well, you know, but who I'm, wants to see that? I'm going to push back against that because uh, James Conner last week played 82% of snaps uh, to Eno Benjamin's 27. Eno Benjamin had six touches and James Conner had 13, uh, and he had targets too. Uh, so it was a two to one uh, touch thing, Conner versus Eno Benjamin. And, you know, 13 touches in what was a uh, blowout, a game where they were blown out. So they didn't really use James Conner as much as they normally would. I think, I think you can, you know, I think James Conner is a high end RB2, and Eno Benjamin is a uh, what the heck flex in this one. Because okay. of the matchup, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm mistaken then. I thought it was like 14 to 10. Uh, no, that just went. I don't know why I looked at that. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. I because you said that, and I thought that was right too. You said that on the Tuesday episode, and then I'm looking at it just now because I wanted to see how many straight games James Conner scored a touchdown, and I'm like, wait a second, he played 82% of snaps last week. I think you might have just been looking at the wrong stat line there, and that's that's what threw you aside. Oh, you know what it looking. was. You huh. know what it was? Eno Benjamin had nine touches against the Niners. That might be what you were looking at. Maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. that yeah, that's possible. I yeah. somewhere along the line I got that confused. So oh. scratch all that. We could just go back <laughs> to time, race everything I just said on both podcasts and go uh James Conner. Yeah, James Conner, as I called him on Wednesday with Walker, uh or I called uh Joe Mixon gold plated or gold flaked James Conner because that's he's kind of done the James Conner thing this year. Not a lot of targets. Not very efficient running, but uh, lots of touchdowns. So um, I think a touchdown will save his day. But yeah, I think this is a sneaky bad game. So win, lose, or draw, DK Metcalf, James Conner, and Russell Wilson. We've kind of talked the James Conner thing to death. Yeah, and he's my winner. Draw would go to DK Metcalf and the loss to Russell Wilson. I I don't want to say that, but if Russell Wilson looked like he did last week or just marginally better, it's still going to be a loss. Uh, for someone that's as skilled as Russell Wilson is. Yeah, it's going to be a mess for us. So um, I'm going to take, God, this is hard because we don't. I'll take Arizona. I just, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to bet against the Seahawks. So I still see Russell Wilson play well with that hand. I'm going to go Seattle on this one. All right. And then Walker is going Arizona. So, all right, we got two games left. Let's buzz through these, Mike. All right, Pittsburgh and the Chargers. So Pittsburgh is, they have 
they have the chaos record five three and one uh the chargers are five and four so pittsburgh technically above the chargers in the standings which is weird to think about because the steelers have been very bad um buckle up mike everybody on the defense is hurt for the steelers tj watt is out uh joe hayden is out mika fitzpatrick is out with covid ben roethlisberger is it sounds like ben roethlisberger will play in week 11 um if he clears protocols and is physically fit enough to play so he probably won't play um uh that's from ES, uh, nfl networks aditi kinkabwala who was one of the first people to retweet uh big people to retweet my viral post um uh, yeah, um, Chase Claypool was in, limited in practice this week with a toe issue, but had no injury designation on Friday. Um, and I believe that's it for the Steelers. So the Big Ben thing is completely up in the air. We don't know. Um, the Chargers are dealing with a COVID mess of their own. Uh, they've got Joey Bosa and a mess of other defensive players on the COVID list. Um, unknown if they will be available. Um, Mike Williams dealing with a knee issue. Justin Jackson returned to practice in full with his quad issue. And that's it for injuries on this one. And Walker wants to know, can we start any chargers outside the big three, which I assume are Eckler, Herbert, and Keenan Allen. And I will say not until Mike Williams shows me something and not until one of Donald Parham, Jared Cook or Steven Anderson uh, retire from football? I would say no. You know, I'm, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I'm going to go, yes. He's been uh, pretty much non-factor for a lot of weeks. Uh, three, four weeks? Let me see. Uh, one, Mike two, Williams? Three. Yeah, he's been dreadful for a long time. For four weeks. Uh, and... Mike Williams is just way too talented to make it a number five. So would I be surprised if he puts up another seven point game or four point game? No, but it's been so many weeks that he hasn't performed that it, the chances are that he will perform. So it's more on basis of, I guess, statistics than it is anything um, logical. So I'm going to say, yes, Mike Williams does do something or is, Back to what he was the first three weeks where he was a top 24 um, at least or a top 12 guy. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I think we kind of covered it with like the win, loser, drop. OK, let's do this. Instead of doing Walker's win, loser, draw, let's just do start or sit, Mike. That's all I want. I want to hear start or sit. Uh, Justin Herbert. Actually, I want to know more. Justin Herbert, start or sit. Sit. All right. um, because uh, that Chargers defense, that passing defense is just insanely good. All right. So sit Herbert. Uh, no, start. why did I just say that? Okay, we can throw it over the Steeler side. Why not? Okay. Uh, Justin Herbert against his own defense. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he knows the answer uh, to that defense. Um, so his Steelers are pretty good too. So. But they have nobody. They have no Mika but Fitzpatrick. They have true. no PJ Watt. They have no uh, Joe Hayden. I will go start. I will go start with Justin Herbert being start based Justin on Herbert. that. Yeah. All right. Um, so start Austin Eckler, obviously. Start Keenan Allen, obviously. Yeah. Um, Jared Cook. No. No. All right. Let's go over to the Steelers side. Deontay Johnson. Is he a? He's a top what this week? Wide receiver. Top, top fifteen. Top fifteen. All right. So sounds like a must start. Uh, Chase Claypool, if he plays. Top thirty-five. Oh, I, you don't like Chase Claypool, and I am even less bullish on that. I'm saying do not start Chase Claypool this week. Yeah, he's number one is, of course, who is the quarterback. It's not good either way. And two, that 
as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Chargers defense is is pretty dang good. Yeah, so uh, no Chase Claypool in this one. Najee Harris is an obvious start. Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I would say start, but it's going to be difficult for him to be. But someone has to throw the ball to someone else outside of Deontay Johnson. So in that tight end sort of globby mess, I think uh, he has globby floor with an upside. So I would go with Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, so Fryermuth has the fifth best matchup this week against the Chargers. Uh, let's do this since Fryermuth is a, a streaming guy. Let's uh, let's see who you would prefer. Uh, let's see, Pat Fryermuth or um, Tyler Conklin? Fryermuth. Uh, okay, uh, Pat Fryermuth or CJ Uzoma? Fryermuth. Uh, this is in PPR leagues, by the way. This okay, is yeah. Uh, or Tyler Higby. Yeah, Friar moves. That's it, a trick. Tyler Hoogby isn't playing this week. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, it's still Pat Friar move. <laughs> um, or Zach Ertz in the last game. Uh, I'm going to go Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach. He's on but, my home team. There you go. Zach Ertz, sneakily not that great so far this year uh, no. with, the, with the Cardinals just having some I forgot I asked you the question you had to keep asking yourself. Zach Ertz or Pat Fryermuth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I and I dumped the wrong person after picking up the wrong person and dumping the wrong person. And yeah, Zach Ertz and Pat Fryermuth have been an internal struggle. I spent we so in our in our home league we only have seven waiver wire transactions. And you um, used half of them on Pat Fryermuth. And, and I used half of them on Pat Fryermuth and Zach Ertz. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm gonna rank, say these last three guys, and then we'll move on. Uh, Schultz, Knox, Fryermuth. Why don't you rank those three? Because we forgot to talk about Schultz and Knox. I'm going to go Knox, Fryermuth, Schultz, because Schultz has fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah, I'm winning that trade with Walker, the Ayuk for Schultz trade. I'm gonna do oh. it. My, I'm gonna win the trade. How how close are you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm waiting to uh, drop that hammer on Walker. So uh, yeah, the Cowboys we'll decided to, to go. Okay, well, instead of just running the ball to Ezekiel and passing it to Schultz, you know, every once every four plays, it's a good idea to get players like C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper involved. I mean, who who would have thunk it, right? Yeah, and Michael Gallup coming back is hurting. Michael Schultz. Gallup, well, coming yeah, back. Better, better player than Schultz. So, um, ooh, live shout out. Brian Gregus, welcome to the Patreon, buddy. I just got a notification, so shout out. Welcome to the Patreon, Brian Gregus. So welcome, uh, welcome, buddy. Um, I think that's it for this game. I'm taking the Chargers. I will take two. I will take the Steelers. All right, Walker is taking the Chargers. Um. Tampa Bay and the Giants, uh, Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown uh, is apparently vaccinated, but apparently wanted a fake COVID vaccination card. So this is what I think happened. Antonio Brown tried to get a fake COVID vaccination card. It didn't work. So he said F it and got vaccinated. That's what I think happened. Sounds Uh, like continuing Brown. Can you just be slightly normal, please? For like like one season? Yeah. Can you be cool for like 30 seconds? Can you just be chill? Can you just calm down? 
Um, Rob Barnkowski's arrow is pointing towards playing in week 11. Um, if Evan Ingram's available, I guess that's a decent pivot. So, um, you know, you can do that. But I would not start Rob Gronkowski specifically because uh, when he came back last time, he played like three snaps and then left again. So I'm going to I'm going to wait till Gronk does something on my bench before I start him again. Um, Vita Vea is very unlikely to play this week. Um, Antonio Brown, quote, still has a long way to go. So that's not great. Richard Sherman was placed on IR. That should probably be his career. This man, his calf cannot stay healthy. It's another calf issue. Same thing that ended his, the, you know, that he dealt with at the end of his time at the 49ers. I think that that's that. Yeah, I agree. I, he was pretty much um, nobody really wanted him anyways. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were like, oh, our secondary kind of sucks. Um, who's out there? And Sherman was, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. So why not go and try to get a Hall of Famer on your team and see what happens? And it just didn't work for him. So best of luck to him. Um, but, yeah, I agree. His career should be, you know, pretty much over by now. That's it. All right. So Sterling Shepard uh, for the Giants uh, dealing with a quad issue. He returned to practice. Devontae Booker uh, dealing with a hip issue was limited in Friday's practice. But Saquon Barkley is likely to return this weekend. Uh Defensive back Logan Ryan has COVID-19. He'll be out for this weekend. Um, Kenny Galladay has no injury designation, finally. Um, same with Kadarius Toney. Um, did I already say this? I always get, I've always gotten Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton's names mixed up, so I don't see Darius Slayton anywhere on the injury report. Um, let's just do this, though. Um, what, other than Saquon Barkley, okay, what giant would you be willing to start this weekend? So we've got Daniel Jones, Evan Ingram, all the wide receivers, Tony, Galladay, uh, Shepard, Slayton. And, Is that um, the first time this season that all of I them have been there? I think it might be. So uh, I, I would say none of them other than Saquon Barkley. I agree with you, Barkley. Um, Shepard, for PPR purposes, uh, and then if you need someone that's probably a boom or bust kind of guy that you want to get active, maybe uh, Kenny, Kenny Galladay. But, yeah, it, I think that's it, really. Yeah, this is like the anti-Chiefs offense that I always talk about. The Chiefs offense, when it's working, is potent and focused. So Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill rack up all the fancy points. This one, it's like... It's gonna. I think it's gonna get distributed between like Galladay and Shepard and Slayton and and Tony and and uh, we don't know who's gonna score the touchdown. But I agree that you know from a boom bust angle, Kenny Galladay is the guy because he's that deep threat that throw the ball up and get it that Daniel Jones could could uh, score with. So um, for the Tampa Bay side, obviously you're starting Tom Brady. Uh, you're starting both wide receivers, right? Godwin and Evans. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. No run, no tight ends. Do you agree with my assessment on Gronk? Yeah. I, I talking about hall of famer that should hang uh, him up, hang him up. Uh, Gronkowski is another one. Yeah. So, um, and then you're starting Leonard Fournette, right? Oh yeah. I mean, Ronald Jones is, he didn't even get, I think a carry last week. This <laughs> Nope. He had uh, one snap, one snap. Um, so it's a it's a Leonard Fournette's backfield all to himself and yep. yeah I mean you get it you get anytime you get a bell cow back there that's going to get 90 pro, you know percent of the carries uh, if not more then you have to roll with them in today's fantasy world yep that sounds right so um I think that's it for this game 
we kind of nailed all the starts and sits and stuff. So, uh, all right, uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'll take Tampa Bay, too. Um, what about my question with Tom Brady starting to become more? Oh, yeah, sorry, I completely skipped over your question. No, uh, um, I don't, I, I, I don't think he's starting to become mortal. I think he just had bad, a couple of bad days, you know, everybody's okay. all, I mean, he had one bad day really before last week. He had, uh, eight touchdowns and two picks in his prior two games. I think, I think he'll be fine. I think it was Washington game planned against him, uh, for the playoffs and just dust off that game plan. Cause it almost worked in the playoffs last year. Let's not forget. It they, did. They almost it came lost very Washington close. Last year. You're right. It was very close. Uh, I am kind of getting worried about his interceptions. Uh, last, you know, six to four. That's not in the last two games. Um, but you do make a point. Washington. He always struggles against New Orleans. Um, and in Washington, like you said, that that very well could have been the same kind of game plan. But he, sh- if he doesn't exploit the Giants, which he should, then I'm, I'm going to be thinking more and more mortality to him. Then I'll get worried. Yeah, if he can't exploit the Giants. Like, let's not forget that last year, uh, after he played New Orleans, we were going, is Tom Brady washed? Because he threw for 200 yards and three t- and three interceptions on Thursday Night Football. Right. Uh, when the Saints got absolutely shellacked. That was another Thursday Night Football game. That was when we were like, oh, no, I think that was, was that Sunday? That was, that was a Thursday. I think the other one might have been Sunday, because I don't think teams play two Thursday Night Football games. Hold on, let me double check. Uh, that was Sunday night football. Yeah. The Saints Sunday night football, the, the, the bears Thursday night football. Yeah. That was when he had his uh, elder moment. He didn't know yeah, how many downs. It, he didn't know which down it was. So, um, and then start our win, lose, draw. You have Shepard, Galladay and Godwin. Uh, I think Shepard's a solid PPR guy. I'll give him the draw. I think Godwin's the win. And I think Galladay's the loss just because he's going to be boom bust. Like you said. So he's most likely to be the loss in this one. Yeah, I totally agree. Winning, uh, yeah, I forgot what you said, but it, (laughs) whatever you just said, I agree with 100%. All right. Sounds good. So Mike, that'll do it. So for Walker and Mike, thank you for listening, everybody. We will be back on Tuesday to recap these games and Walker and I will be back on Wednesday. to talk week 12. So we're, we're getting there, Mike. We're almost done. Yeah. Uh, Another five weeks. Four, it's four weeks till the playoffs, including this one. So we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. So for Mike and Walker in abstentia, good word, Jeff. Have a good <laughs> one. Bye.